0: 2.0. Tonight's
1: event.
0: Tonight's event takes a look at the middle level STEM education with resource information specifically from three of our current programs. And uh, before we get started on the STEM topic, I'd like to go ahead and turn it over to Steve and let him take you through a little bit of the Illuminate platform. Steve?
2: Good evening everyone, or depending on where you are, good day. Welcome to Illuminate. If this is your first time in Illuminate, it is a participative environment, so we want to encourage you to participate. The best way to do that during the show is to put uh, questions or comments in the chat. It is uh, thoughtful if you keep them uh, related to the show. Uh, oftentimes, if it's uh, unrelated to the show, it can distract people, but it's, it is a great way to communicate. Uh, you can actually send messages, uh, private messages, to each other in the chat, but do know that the moderators will see all of those messages. You have a variety of other ways to also participate. If you look, I'm going to actually click and put a hand up here on the whiteboard, and if you see here below the participant window, you'll see some little emoticons. A smiley face, a clapping hand, a confused look, or a thumbs down. You're welcome to use those during the show to let us know your response and reaction. And then uh, just over to the right at the bottom, the bottom right of the participant window, are ways for us to poll the audience. And that's going to happen tonight. You'll have a chance to answer questions, um, yes, no, and then that changes to A, B, C, D, in some circumstances. To the very left, you see a hand with a green up arrow. If there's an opportunity at the end for Q&A, you can actually raise your hand and take the microphone. If you think that you might like to ask a question through the microphone at the end, go up to Tools Audio and make sure that your microphone is configured for the show. Um, Right now, I'm going to give you permissions to modify this whiteboard. And to the left of the whiteboard, you should now see some icons, one of which is a wand with a red star at the end. Go ahead and click on that, and then click on the map to let us know where you're listening from. It's also fun to do a shout out uh, in the chat to let us know um, where you're listening from, maybe the time and the temperature. So it looks like Italy, Australia, Portugal or Brazil. Well, I don't see that on the map yet. A couple in Hawaii. Oh, someone's bravely writing on the board. Good for you.
3: Look at that great crowd. Now you notice the,
2: the U.S. looks a little crowded there. The next slide we will do uh, just for the U.S. So you can see, although some of you are having fun playing with uh, putting text on the map. But I'm gonna switch this to the U.S. view. And here you can do the same thing. Some of you have chosen larger stars indicating your sense of importance, I take it. Sorry about that. Switched a little too early. So uh, my job tonight will be to track questions and to try and help the presenters uh, follow what's going on in the chat. Uh, Tamara, back to you.
0: All right. Thank you, Steve. And uh, thank you all to our artistic participants this evening. These maps look great. So the first thing I'd like to do is start us off with a couple of quotes that will get us into the spirit of the topic for this evening. And The first is equipped with his five senses, man explores the universe around him and calls the adventure science. And this is Edwin Powell Hubble. Theodore Rozak brings us nature, composes some of her loveliest poems for the microscope and the telescope. And finally, Isaac Asimov tells us the most exciting phrase to hear in science. The one that heralds the most discoveries is not Eureka, I found it, but that's funny. And whether your students are experiencing nature's beauty through the telescope, a microscope, or their everyday senses, PBS helps bring the sciences to life through amazing color and access. Bringing science to your classroom to inspire the ahas, the eurekas, and the discovery of those funny moments that lead to learning. We have recently, President Obama announced several initiatives designed to support STEM education, including the PBS Teachers Innovation Awards. In addition, PBS Teachers has created a STEM education resource center to highlight science, technology, engineering, and math resources. Both of the URLs for those resources are on your screen right now. The PBS Teachers Innovation Awards will recognize teachers who are innovating and making a difference in the classroom. Free to enter and briefly tell us how they are innovating in the classroom and provide video or photographs photograph showcasing this innovation. The kind of the challenge launched yesterday and entries are due March 12th. 50 educators will be selected as PBS teacher innovators including 10 grand prize winners who will receive an exclusive behind the scenes trip to the PBS annual meeting in Austin, Texas in May. And those grand prize winners will get to see a sneak preview of programs, meet producers, and attend premiere events. And that's the end of my plug for our new little challenge. So we can go ahead and move on. But besides our new things that we've been offering, PBS has long been a part of STEM learning in the classroom and at home. For many years we've offered programs from NOVA, Nature, and Scientific American Frontiers for our high school and adult audience to CyberChase, Zoom and Curious George for our youngest viewers. On today's webinar we'd like to share with you resources from three of our current STEM-related programs, Design Squad, Dragonfly TV, and Fetch with Russ Buffman. Each of the programs offers not only on-air viewing, but also extensive online resources to help support learning for upper elementary and middle school students. And before we begin, I would like to take a few minutes to learn a little more about our audience this evening. And we are going to take three polls. So the first of which is what grade ranges do you teach? And to answer this poll, You can see from this next slide that directly below the participant window you will see A, B, C, and D. If you could click on those letters and tell us. If you do not teach one of those particular grade ranges, you can type in the chat window what you do teach or how you work with the education. We have some Girl Scouts, some homeschool tech facilitators. I'm going to give you one more minute for people to go ahead and type, in, click A, B, C, or D if you participate in one of these grade ranges, and we, then we will publish the polls. All right. So we have a lot of other joining us this evening and a good percentage of middle school. On to our next question. We'd like to know if you use PBS programming in the classroom. And I'm going to switch us to a yes-no option. And the check or the X will be in the same spot the ABCD was just a minute ago. So please take a minute and
1: select your choice.
0: And let's see, we are very split this evening. So maybe uh, some participants who do not yet use PBS programming in the classroom might find some of interest this evening and begin. And we have one more question, and that is, are you a registered PBS teacher? This is the free registration available on the PBS teacher site. And we are also fairly split on that, but majority being yes, that's excellent to hear. Go ahead and delete that. If you are not registered as a PBS teacher, it's a free registration that allows you to access additional services on PBS teachers, including the option to tag and save your resources, participate in discussion boards, comment on resources, and rate them, and of course enter the new PBS teachers innovation challenge. In addition, signing up to be a PBS teacher allows us to actually count you when we seek funding and report out our successes. So now I would like to go ahead and turn the presentation over to our first presenter. Lisa Regala is a science editor at Twin Cities Public Television for the Emmy Award winning children's uh, television series Dragonfly TV and for the new series SciGirls she serves as a science advisor and develops educational resources for both formal and informal audiences. Welcome Lisa.
4: Thank you. Um, Can everyone hear me okay? I guess give a smiley face first to make sure I unmuted first. Excellent. (laughs) I see some smileys. Okay, Um, super. So thanks so much for having me. Yes, um, as Tamara said, my name is Lisa Regala and I'm going to be talking to you today mainly about our resources Um, here from Dragonfly TV, but at the end I just want to give you a sneak preview of some new resources that we have um, coming up in the next few weeks actually associated with a new show called Spy Girls. So I'm going to start with Dragonfly TV. Um, For those of you who aren't familiar, Dragonfly TV, um, our whole premise is real kids doing real science. So we don't have actors. We go around the country and we cast Middle school kids and who have a science question that they want to investigate, and we follow them through their inquiry investigation. So it's a half-hour show. It's geared toward upper elementary slash middle school students. Um, the kids on our show are usually in in middle school, but a lot of elementary um, students kind of like to look up to these uh, middle school students as as role models from the show. And the show is structured as a half-hour show. And there are two short, about six to seven minute long segments that feature different kids and a different um, science investigation that they're taking on. Um, And then in between those investigations, we have a host. We have different quiz, science quiz questions and technology quiz questions that come up. And um, we have a feature of the show called a scientist profile. And that's something that um, could be very useful. To teachers in the classroom, our scientist profile is a video segment. It's about two to three minutes long, and we feature um, a different career that you could have in science, engineering, technology, or math. And so, I'm actually going to take you next to our website and show you how to access some of our videos. And I'm going to show you one of these uh, scientist profiles to give you a little idea of um, our show. So on this slide, at the bottom, you will see the actual um, web address for the website that I'm going to navigate to. So I'm actually going to navigate to it through the Illuminate platform, and um, most of you should be able to view the video in this way. But if you are having any trouble and you are not seeing me navigate to the website, um, you can open up your own web browser and um, go directly to um, that website, and you should be able to view it um, from there. But I'm going to go now to our Dragonfly TV website. i just have to type in URL here. Um, it's pbskids.org slash TV. And I guess give me a smiley face if you're seeing the Dragonfly TV website. You'll have a sense of, okay, good, I'm seeing quite a few smiley faces. Okay, so on um, the Dragonfly TV website, and again, if you're not seeing this, you can um, go directly to that URL. But there is um, a section there on the upper left-hand corner that says "Watch DFTV." So, Watch Dragonfly TV is where you're going to find um, all of the videos to those investigations. We have over 140 um, of those six to seven-minute science inquiry investigations um, done by kids. Um, and then we have about 75 scientist profiles that are on here as well. So I'm going to go um, put my cursor over Watch DFTV, and I'm going to hit Real Scientists. And when I do that, it navigates us to a page that has those 75 scientist profiles. And about three quarters of the way down um, in the center column is Melini Nadvorny, and she's a forest canopy researcher. And I'm going to. Um, Play a little sample video of videos,
1: that.
0: Participants, you will need to click the play button on the video.
4: Okay, so I hope everyone's about at the uh, end of the video there. It ended on my end. Um, So I'm going to click out of that now, but that gives you a little taste um, of one of our scientist profiles. And again, um, you can access those from our website. I'm going to go back to the slides now, And I just want to talk a little bit about some um, evaluation data that we collected. This was um, back in 2006. But we actually looked at um, the ways that teachers were using video in the classroom. So this was a 12-week study that we did with 20 middle school classrooms who committed to using um, one of our videos in their class each week for 12 weeks. And so, just wanted to point out a couple interesting findings from um, that work. And one was just in the variety of ways that teachers really use videos in the classroom. Um, a lot of people use them to introduce new content areas at the beginning of a lesson or also to demonstrate or reinforce concepts at later points in an instructional unit. Um, because of the kind of short nature of those science investigations, they were kind of a nice um, drop-in as part of a lesson. Um, and in most cases students really enjoyed this opportunity to, to view the videos. Um, some teachers thought to use the strength of the videos that their their way to kind of engage and um, entertain students, and so they really kind of use them more as a reward or a way to motivate students to get excited about a particular lesson. We cover a lot of different topics in science, technology, engineering, and math through Dragonfly TV, and so they kind of were picking and choosing and using them as a, as a motivation. Um, and then another way, because the um, in the videos we really have kids model the scientific process and model the process of scientific inquiry, a lot of um, teachers actually found it was a really good fit to incorporate an active approach and actually have kids engaging in an activity um, coinciding with watching the video in kind of a stop-start manner or doing it side-by-side. Side. And this seemed to be highly effective as well in promoting learning. And just a couple um, points from this that I wanted to bring up that we found from this um, study was that Seventy-seven percent of the students know that that Dragonfly TV could really help them, really help them with different science fair projects that they were doing, um, or different science um, projects, class assignments, and um, that they really kind of start to make a connection between real life science and, and what they were studying in the classroom. And teachers cited specific examples where students had a really better grasp on the scientific process, and when they were given um, places where they could provide open-ended questions, the students wrote more complete and clear responses um, when they were trying to describe their scientific investigations or describe their science projects. So it was really helping them to kind of get a, um, a better clarity on, this, on um, the idea of inquiry in the science process. So I want to tell you about um, some of our newest videos that we have available and then some of the other print educational resources that go along with this. Um, so our last season of Dragonfly TV was season seven, and we actually devoted an entire season to the topic of nanoscale science and engineering. And so although our audience um, tended to be upper elementary to middle school, with this last season, we actually appealed um, to middle school and even to some um, high school teachers as well. Um, nanoscale science and engineering is the science of the very, very small, if you're not familiar, and it's really kind of a, a hot topic. Um, right now in the field of STEM and it's an area where there's going to be a lot of job openings in the future. And so we um, did six half hour episodes that follow an actual scope and sequence. Um, Some scientists and educators have got together and laid out what they call the big ideas of nanoscale science and engineering, some of the things that um, are really the foundations to help understand this this new science. And so we kind of follow that scope and sequence and follow those big ideas. Um, in six episodes. So they are best if they are watched in order, but they can be watched individually as well. Um, It's the same premise. It's kids doing experiments, but we um, go into labs in episodes and we actually have um, scientist profiles as separate segments, but we also actually incorporate scientists um, into the episodes as well. And we really see kids um, with scientists side by side using the tools that scientists need. And if you want to access our nano resources directly, if you go to pdskids.org slash dragonfly slash nano, that takes you to all of our nano stuff specifically. But it's also embedded um, within everything else in, our, in the, um, our regular Dragonfly TV website as well. Um, so as far as additional educational resources, this is just a screenshot of our, our web um, website. And this right here was watch DFTV. That's how I got to our videos that has our episodes and our scientist profiles. We have something called do it on here that's under this area called try this. They're quick little um, activities that could be used as discrepant events um, in the classroom that are here on our site. We have educational games for kids to play. And then over here, well, I'm pointing with a hand here, um, in the far right hand corner it says parents and teachers. And that actually links um, to the PDF uh, site where you can find some additional resources to download, like our Educators Guide. So we actually publish um, a book, but you can download it at PDF online that has an, um, a group of activities that go along with every single video segment that you find on our website. So for ev- each one of those six to seven minute videos, there is what we call an icebreaker activity. That's a really quick, um, short activity. can be done in less than half an hour. I've got a picture example of um, something here that you could do with making a bridge with um, a post-it, paper cups, and some pennies, and to see that the strength of the bridge would increase as you rolled those um, post-it notes into a tube. It just kind of gives you an idea of the type of activity that an icebreaker would be. But then that's also followed by an inquiry investigation. So that's a longer, um, it might take hours, it might be something that um, would extend over a couple class periods um, that go along with each of those video segments. They're all aligned to the National Science and Math standards, and they all follow what we call our seven steps of inquiry. And we lay that out in the front of um, the book as well. And one other thing I wanted to mention, this is actually nano. specifics, but um, some people are uh, you know a little hesitant. They might not know anything about um, nanotechnology yet. We developed a little board game um, that's pictured here. It actually got inserted into the National Science Teachers Association journal, The Science Scope, in December of 2008. Um, it's got question and answer cards here that you cut out at the bottom. And um, you can get additional copies of this game board by writing to this email address here, dragonflytv at tpt.org.
5: And you don't have to know anything about
4: nanotechnology to play, but you'll know something when you're done. Um, And it's um, just a nice intro to the topic. So on my last couple of slides, I just want to share with you some of our um, new resources that are out. We're actually not currently filming any more episodes of Dragonfly TV, but We are filming a new show called SciGirls. I saw at the beginning people were asking if anyone was involved with um, Girl Scouts. So we are actually working with some ways to partner with Girl Scouts on our new show. So SciGirls is similar to Dragonfly TV in that it is real kids, again, doing science investigations. But the whole entire half hour is devoted to one project and one group of kids. We are going to start airing in mid-February, right around the corner and then our videos will go online right after that. So they are not quite available yet, but we are just a couple weeks away. And we are going to have new resources for teachers that are going to be continually updated on pds.org slash teachers um, all through the spring. So again, those aren't quite up yet, but in the next couple of weeks they are going to be up there. And although the show is called SciGirls and our focus is engaging um, we do not exclude boys. Um, we just um, incorporate strategies that help engage girls. Um, so we have a new board game called BrainSTEM that is um, all about science, technology, engineering, and math. That's going to be inserted in NSTA journals, um, the Science Scope, and Science and Children in March of this year. So if you get the NSTA journals, stay tuned for that, or you can write us as well. Um, for copies of that game. And um, finally, I just wanted to mention our SciGirls website. Um, The preview site is up right now, so if you go to that website, um, you'll see just a few things, but we're launching our website, um, and again, just a couple of weeks. But um, kids will be able to actually post projects on there, and we encourage teachers and um, kids in your classrooms to post their Science Fair projects. And so you'll be able to actually post projects that you did, photos, and then other kids can actually give comments on those and, and rate them, and it's um, kind of an interactive website that kids can get on. So I encourage you to take a look at the preview site now and check back in a couple weeks when we launch um, our full site, and stay tuned for SciGirls um, coming this spring. So thank you so much for your time, and I'm going to turn it over to um, our next speaker.
0: Uh, Lisa, I'm going to take that just for one second. This is Tamara. Uh, If you have specific questions for Lisa about Dragonfly TV or SideGirls, we will have a Q&A after all three speakers have had a chance to talk. So just make a note to yourself and we will take your questions then. And we have uh, one more quote to kick off our next speaker. Never tell people how to do things. Tell them what to do and they will surprise you with their ingenuity. This quote from George Smith Patton exemplifies the spirit behind the next STEM show, which we will highlight this evening's design squad. And Natalie Hebsche will now share more information with you about design squad. Natalie is an outreach coordinator at WGBH educational foundation, where she builds awareness for, provides training around, and encourages use of WGBH series resources. Welcome Natalie.
1: Thanks, Tamara. Hi, everyone. Why don't you um, all give me a smiley face just so that I can know that you are hearing me okay. Excellent. Um, for those of you who are not familiar with Design Squad, it's a reality competition show aimed primarily at middle school kids, um, but it works perfectly well for high school kids as well. It's all about engineering and building excitement around engineering, showing kids that it's fun, creative, and really something that they can do. Um, it's not just for kids who are super intelligent. Um, it's really something that's accessible to all kids. Um, and the way that the show works is that there are six teams competing for a $10,000 college scholarship from the Intel Foundation. know, in each episode. The teams are split into two teams and they are given an engineering challenge from a real world client. Um, So challenges have included everything from building and designing furniture out of recycled cardboard for Ikea to creating a peanut butter maker for a women's collaborative in Haiti. So there is quite a variety in terms of the challenges and the clients. And then scattered throughout the episodes are animations that help explain the engineering concepts that the different challenges address. And then at the end of each episode, we feature a two-minute profile of a real engineer, so exposing kids to even more engineering fields. So that's the structure of the TV show. But we think of Design Squad as more than just a show. It's really a multimedia campaign. In addition to the TV series, there's the Design Squad website. So all of the episodes are streamed there, so you can watch them for free whenever you want. And that includes the profiles and the animations as well. And then there's our outreach campaign. And we've developed extensive resources for the educational and engineering community to help them bring engineering to life for kids, including 35 hands-on engineering activities that are inspired by the show and an online training. So I'm going to show you where all those resources are in just a moment. But first, I want to show you a very brief video clip just to give you a feel for what the show is like. You can certainly watch more on the website if you want to see an episode in full. But I'm actually going to open up a web tour. And this is going to bring up um, a video clip on YouTube. You might have to click play on on the browser that um, pops up on your screen.
0: And I have also just posted the link in the chat window in case it does not pop up. For a few of our users it should for 95 percent.
1: And this is-hold on, give me one second. Okay. Okay, the video has finished showing on my screen. Um, why don't you just give me a smiley face um, if you have finished watching it and we can continue with the presentation. Excellent. So it's looking like a lot of you have finished. So I'm going to go ahead and quit out of the web tour and bring you back to the presentation. So on this slide you'll see um, the engineering design process. This is the educational foundation of design squad. It's a process that engineers use to solve problems and the teams on the show use this process as well to solve the problems that they are presented with on the show. And then our activities are also structured by the engineering design process. So we encourage emphasizing this process when you're leading hands-on engineering challenges with kids, whether they be design squad activities um, or other engineering activities, versus just getting the answers right. Um, We find that the design process really reinforces kids' teamwork skills and teaches them to learn from their mistakes and really become creative problem solvers. Engineers rarely get things um, right on the first try. They test things out, they evaluate and redesign several times before their designs are right. And So it is important to build those resiliency skills with kids as well. Um, And I want to quickly touch upon the fact that we are always evaluating both the TV show courses to make sure that they are meeting our educational goals. Um, An independent independent evaluation from the Goodman Research Group showed that after viewing four episodes of Design Squad, students had an increased understanding of the engineering design process. Um, They began to think more positively of engineers. 75% of them wanted to enroll in an engineering after school program. Um, That's versus just 25% at the pre-test. Um, they were understanding the science and engineering concepts presented on the show um, and learned about teamwork and that engineering actually involves teamwork. And most importantly, they like the show and we know that kids learn best when they are engaged. So that's just from the viewing. Here are some findings around our educational resources. We evaluated our educators guide and found that educators who used the guide found it useful and felt more comfortable talking about engineering and the design process. And the kids who participated in the activities had a better understanding of engineering and science concepts. And to top it off, the kids liked the activities. So again, the engagement is there as well. Um, We are currently uh, evaluating our newest guide. So stay tuned for more evaluation results from that in the coming months. So now I'd like to talk to you about the educational resources that are available to you. We have over 30 hands-on engineering activities, and they're organized into six different guides. All of the activities are linked to national science and technology standards, and each comes with a reproducible handout that you can Xerox and distribute to your students. If you need them in Spanish, there are Spanish translations as well. Most of the activities have leader notes as well within the corresponding activity guides. And the leader notes give you engineering background knowledge and suggestions of how to lead the activities. So if you are not already comfortable leading engineering challenges, um, the leader notes kind of guide you through so that you don't have to be um, an expert in engineering to lead the activities with kids. What I'd like to do now is give you a quick tour of the Design Squad website and show with you where you can access all of these resources. So I'm going to open up another web tour and take you to the Design Squad website, which is PBS.org. You can go backslash design squad. Actually I'm I'll show you that on the screen as well um, in case you can't view the web tour. Okay, so you should see the design squad homepage page um, in the browser that pops up in front of you and you'll see that there are three um, main sections of the website. Um, there's watch where you can um, watch episodes of the show um, and find out more about the cast play where you can play online interactive games, and create which is our new online community called the DS Exchange. And that's where kids can um, post designs that they've created or post photos of projects that they've built. Um, And they can also use a drawing tool to um, create designs on the website and share them with other design squad fans around the world. But the section that I want to highlight with you is the parents and educators section. And that is the link at the top of the page, kind of um, on the center of the screen. So I'm going to go ahead and click on that link. And that takes you to the landing page of the parents and educators section. And go ahead and um, scroll down and you'll see that it lists all of our guides. So there's the teacher's guide, the educator's guide, event guide, activity guide, invent guide and on the moon guide. I'm going to take you to the teachers guide. Um, that's our newest guide just to kind of give you an example of what it looks like. Um, this guide is created specifically for classroom science and technology teachers um, and like all of our guides you have the option to download it in full in PDF format, or you can um, download it by individual units um, or if you scroll down you'll see that you can download individual sections or individual activities. The cool thing about this guide is that there are also um, downloadable video clips that go along with the activities. And the link at the very top of the page allows you to request a print copy of the teacher's guide through an online order form. Um, So you could go ahead and um, click at that link um, on your own time and go ahead and submit your information to Request the Teachers' Guide. It also gives you an opportunity to sign up for our e-newsletter. Um, and that's really the best way to find out when we have uh, new resources available on the website. I'm going to go back to the Getting Started page. And the next place that I want to take you to is the Activity section. As I said, we have a bunch of hands-on activities, and they are organized into our different guides. But what the activity page does is it compiles all of the activities in all of our guides into one page. So if you don't feel like downloading the individual activities in PDF format, you can go to this page, and you can just click on the activity, and it will pull out the activity in HTML format. Um, and then it also gives you the option to download the reproducible page in either um, English or Spanish. That is the design um, PDF. And then some of our activities are directly related to design squad episodes. Others are just inspired by them, but um, the, challenge, the challenge doesn't connect to a specific challenge on the show. What the activity section does is When there is a link to a design squad episode, it will give you a link to that episode on the website. So should you choose to um, incorporate the video when you're introducing the challenge, um, you can do that. Um, You definitely don't have to, but the option is there if that's something that interests you. I'm going to go back to the um, parents and educators section and show you one more thing. Um, I want to show you the online workshop. I talked to you a little bit earlier about the design process. Um, and if you'd like to learn more about leading engineering activities with the engineering design process, definitely check out this um, self-guided uh, online tutorial. It's something that we developed with NASA. And it's divided into five different modules. And you can kind of click on each module by clicking at the on the number at the top of the screen. So I'm going to take you to the design process and action. Um, and this guides you through each step of the design process. You can kind of just click on the step of the design process and it will give you ideas for questions to ask to guide your students through that step of the process. And it will also um, provide you with some video clips from the show that really model that the step of the um, design process well. Um, in other words, how to lead kids through the step by step with the design process effectively. Um, and one more thing that I want to show you on the parents and educators um, site is the download video link. Um, those two minute engineer profiles that I told you about that come at the end of every design squad episode you can actually you can watch them streamed on the website, but you can also download them to your desktop so that you can watch them without being connected to the Internet. Um, and that is free. So you can just scroll down and see that there is a variety of engineer profiles. And one thing that we're adding to the website are all of the animations that are featured throughout the episode. So those will be um, available to download to own for free. Um, In the coming weeks, so definitely stay tuned for that. And then the final thing that I'd like to do is just encourage you to sign up for our e-newsletter. Again, that is the best way to stay up to date on Design Squad news. So that's everything in a nutshell. Um, What I'd like to do now is take you back to the presentation, um, and I want to introduce you to Joanne Trombley. We wanted to give you some concrete examples of how Design Squad can work in classrooms. So uh, Joanne's going to take over and talk to you about how the students uh, at her school are using Design Squad. So it's all yours, Joanne.
3: Hello, I'm Joanne Trombley. Um, please give me a smiley face so I know you can hear me. And I want to thank you all for joining us here tonight. Um, I am a technology and engineering teacher and department chair for the Westchester Area School District in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I am currently serving the International Technology Education Association as the Region 1 Director, and I am working with the Technology Education Association of Pennsylvania as president of their Council for Leadership. Please feel free to contact me with questions at the email posted on this slide and you will see it again at the end of this webinar. How are others using Design Squad? Well, teachers of technological literacy are always looking for ways to provide cost-effective hands-on lessons for their students. Design Squad is a great way to do that. I want to point out in the to you that in this photo you see a teacher with her students um, with a group of computers. We don't teach computer literacy as technology educators, but we use computers as one of our tools to teach the design process, just like English teachers use computers to teach the writing process. As a department chairperson for technology education, I am always concerned about helping my teachers Find engaging activities to teach the standards for technological literacy. I learned about Design Squad from the International Technology Education Association. I checked out the website, and I was so impressed that I shared the information with my teachers right away. One of my teachers latched onto it immediately. He checked out the Educator's Guide and did the It's Electric unit that culminated in a dance pad activity called Dance Pad Mania. He shared it at our next department meeting. Wow. It got us all really excited. From there, the interest in design squad activities has grown because it really makes our job easier to get students fully engaged and eager to learn because it is so much fun. Here is an example of the Dance Pad Mania activity done by technology education students in one of our schools. This was done as a classroom activity. The use of the song was approved for the use um, for educational purposes. This may be a little bit loud, so you may want to adjust your volume accordingly. After viewing this, you will understand why students love the design squad activities. At this point, I expect that you have all finished watching the video clip, and I would like to now explain to you about other aspects of design squad activities that are available for your youth. There is so much out there. Cars, 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 Blowing in the Wind, Kickstart, and On the Moon, to name a few. The design squad lessons let teachers do as much or as little as they have time for. There is the key lesson then an activity that lets students experience the lesson hands-on. If time allows, there is an additional activity or two that builds upon the prior knowledge learned in the basic activity and allows students to expand further and delve deeper. The CARS, CARS, CARS unit fits well into our transportation standards. And the Blowing in the Wind unit fits right into our Engineering Structures course. Most of these activities Use some recycled materials, keeping costs down, and teaching students to reuse materials. And I almost forgot to mention that the best part of all is the tie-in to Design Squad episodes, which really piques student interest. I have trouble getting my students to leave when the bell rings. Now I am looking forward to doing the activities in On the Moon, for it will dovetail well with my aerodynamics course. It will help me take my air-powered rocket design activity and extend it much further with additional challenges that will stretch my students to think about the problems of space travel and exploration and the potential habitation of other planets. I encourage you to go check out the design squad website where you can access information for all of these activities or request print copies of the guides.
1: Thank you, Joanne. I'm actually going to just sign off now because I know that you're all pumped to hear about fetch. Um, But just really quickly, I told you where you can request a print copy of the teacher's guide. Um, If you'd like to request print copies of the other guides, those are available as well. But you need to send an email to design squad underscore feedback at wgbh.org. So I'm going to go ahead and type that in the chat box and turn it over to Tamara. Thanks for listening in.
0: Thanks, Natalie and Joanne. And we will continue this evening. Uh, We still want to tell you about the exciting resources from FETCH. Uh, As you can tell, it's 851, and we have had such great resources this evening that we might run over by just a few minutes. If you can stay with us, that's great. If you can't and need to depart at 9 o'clock, the webinar is being recorded and will be archived and available in the next day or so on both PBS Teachers and Classroom 2.0, and you can watch the end of it then. Uh, So here we will move into our next FETCH our next program on Fetch. If you think dogs can't count, try putting three dog biscuits in your pocket and then giving Fido only two of them. Well, we know our next dog can count, Ruff Ruffman, and I'd like to go ahead and throw this over to Susan to tell you about him.
5: Thanks, Tamara. Um, yeah, I love that quote. That was a great lead, and I couldn't ask for a better one. Um, Well, welcome, and um, like Tamara said, we're running short on time, so I'm going to do this pretty quick. In fact, I think, um, Tamara, does it make sense to just make this a check or an X question instead of an A, B, C, D, just to keep it short? How many people have heard of fetch, and if you have, can you give me a check mark? If you haven't, give me an X. I'll wait just a moment to see. Oh, there's quite a few people who are unfamiliar with the show. Okay. I'm going
0: to go ahead and publish and there are results.
5: Great. Okay. So it looks like most of the folks don't know about it. Well, you'll have a chance to learn all about it in just a second. Okay. So what is um, for those of you who don't know what Fetch is, it is a PBS program geared to kids between the ages of 6 and 10. And this is a reality show hosted by the animated Ruff Ruffman. On the show there are six tweenage contestants who are sent off to complete, complete both science-centered and non-science challenges, but I'll talk about more, more about those later. To watch Fetch, you can choose one of three ways. You can watch it on your local PBS station usually in the afternoons, but check your local listings. You can see episodes and clips for free from the PBS Kids Go video player, uh, and the URL is provided on this slide. Or you can download to own episodes from iTunes. Fetch is currently in its fourth season, so there are now 80 episodes of nonstop adventure. And over these four seasons, Fetch has garnered a faithful viewing population. We have 2.4 million viewers per week tuning in, and 14,000 vis- visitors log onto to the website each day. But when you watch Fetch, you'll see so much more than another reality TV show. Kids are thinking on their feet, they're trying new experiences, they're putting their science know-how to the test, and they're working together. Russ is introducing new vocabulary words in context, and parents and teachers often report that they can see a difference in their kids' vocabulary. Plus, viewers are introduced to experts who help the fetchers, which is our name for, their, for the contestants, to accomplish, accomplish a wide variety of challenges. The result is that kids meet interesting scientists and see the scientific process, creating a hypothesis, making predictions, testing and evaluating data in just about every challenge. So what does happen in the show? Well, the kids are sent on challenges that range from learning how to square dance to building a suspension bridge to reach an important clue to collecting insects for research and a game of insect bingo on an island in Boston Harbor. It's exciting, it's fast-paced, and it's educational. The blend of science and non-science challenges is intentional. So as to draw in the viewer who wouldn't otherwise find themselves turning into a science tuning into a science show, so let me show you a trailer that will give you a sense of this action, humor and excitement and science in each program and I'm going to put it put you into um, move you on to the next slide and I'm going to take you to a web browser give me just a second and this is again a um, This is a YouTube video, so if you've had troubles watching it before, I apologize. It's playing now. Okay, I hope you had a chance to finish that. I'm going to close out that, and if you want to watch the YouTube video later, you can do that. Well, of course, the show isn't quite this fast-paced. The kids really get in deep with their challenges. Ruff is often toggling between the two groups of kids that are out on challenges and then runs a half-time quiz show for the kids that remain in Studio G, offering the producers a great opportunity to reinforce any science content from the segment. Many of our viewers report that they enjoy playing along as they watch. And if the show hopes to accomplish one thing, it's to help kids to be capable problem solvers. Excuse me, and to develop a keen curiosity about the world around them. And this slide demonstrates the educational core of the show. The fetch approach to problem solving is a blend, if you will, of the science and design processes used by scientists and engineers, and the contestants model this approach with every challenge, whether it be a science challenge or not. Um, so the kids will identify a problem, uh, brainstorm multiple solutions, predict which one is the most feasible, test it and revise it, and share results and continue to explore questions that are offshoots of their original investigation. With every new season, my colleagues and I develop new free science and engineering activities inspired by the one by the science seen and done on the show, and these activities are included in guides like those seen on this page. These guides can be accessed for free by mail, I'll give you details on this later, or via the Fetch website. To date, we have over 30 Fetch activities to choose from, and the activities are used in a wide variety of settings, in classrooms to complement units of study, in after-school Fetch clubs, even in museums and libraries. So just to recap we do evaluate our program and educational activity guides as the other programs do um, and the results help us to keep the program and activities sharp and effective at helping kids learn science process skills as well as science content. So let's discuss how this can happen. Of those 30 activities created to date, all of them align with the national science education standards. And each one undergoes a lot of scrutiny before we even publish it. All of the activities are tested with real kids before uh, we even take uh, before they it leaves the office. And if the activity doesn't pass mustard, it's eliminated. And the activities are also reviewed by educational advisors from the fields of science and education to ensure that the science is sound and that the activity is age appropriate. And all of our activities require easy to find, very inexpensive materials. Most materials can be found in a grocery store, recycle bin, or hardware store. In fact, that's a requirement for us. So as you can see, um, a unit on chemistry, for example, you can um, consider incorporating an activity called Who Done It into your teachings. Many of the activities come with extensive leader notes, and this is an example that I'm showing you of the Who Done It activity. They all contain helpful, open-ended questions that help to keep the exploration alive for the child. These questions can really help to focus a child who has become discouraged, or to help them proceed with their investigation veteran teachers may be comfortable branching out with the questions of their own. But I mentioned these pages just in case there are educators or parents or um, after school providers who would like additional support. In this whodunit activity, the kids are asked to analyze evidence that will help to solve a crime. In this case, Ruff Ruffman's grandmother's future depends on it. It's all very linked into the storyline. And each activity does have its own reproducible kid page, complete with a funny introduction by Ruff that sets the scene for the exploration, directions complete with an age-appropriate explanation of the science at hand, and either some extension pages, uh, extension activities, or brief descriptions of an activity-related career on the back page. each activity um, that I mentioned you can find on the website and all of, this, all of these materials are available for free. Um, one special resource that you can find in the Rough Guide to Science as well as on the Fetch website is the Help Wanted game. Uh, At a recent workshop I offered at the NSTA uh, conference in New Orleans last year, teachers were thrilled about this game, Help Wanted, because they told me that the state standards require them to introduce kids to the equipment that scientists use, but it can be so difficult to do this with limited funds. So look no further. This game can be played by groups of 12 kids or less kids randomly select one of 12 problem situations that Ruff finds himself in. You'll see these in the upper left corner and let me tell you Ruff is in a lot of problematic situations. Then they hire the appropriate scientists to help Ruff and those are in the upper right hand corner. And then lastly they select at least four types of equipment that the scientists can use to research the problem in the lower right corner. There are many possible types of equipment that can be used by each science Scientists, kids just have to make a good case for how the scientist would use it. And on the back of the equipment and scientist cards there are descriptions of what the equipment can do and where what area the scientist studies. Um, I've often laminated these cards so that they can be used over and over again. Um, It's just a great way to introduce kids to careers without spending a fortune. So the website is another resource. Um, if you has, have access to the internet at your after-school program or classroom, this site is a safe place to send kids. They can log on to the G team, play educational games that re- reinforce science concepts from the show, and earn points toward downloadable, downloadable prizes like fortune tellers and grandma Ruffman recipes. The latest game, Disco Fiasco, asks kids to tilt mirrors so that a spotlight shines on Rough's disco ball. Um, It's pretty uh, captivating. I was compelled to finish all ten levels before um, moving on to some real work here at GBH. Um, Kaleidomania is a great hands-on activity that further explores light reflection, so the games and the activities can work nicely together. Um, Just to remind you, there's about 14,000 kids a day that visit this site, and on average they do spend about 45 minutes um, each visit. So um, you can find all of the hands-on activities on the parents and teachers page of the website. You'll also be able to find this new online training there. This training is a great resource for any adult interested in leading science activities with elementary age kids. It was recently evaluated by an independent evaluator and the results found that um, the training helped leaders feel more comfortable leading hands-on science activities. Uh, treatment group leaders were more likely than control group leaders to try activities first, prepare a list of v- variables, and perform extra research before leading activities with kids. In all, they were just um, better prepared and more invested in um, having good science outcomes with their kids. So um, another aspect of this. Um, So during the training you're going to be able to watch slideshows of a leader leading an activity with kids. Um, You'll be able to explore effective tips and techniques that you can apply immediately. You'll be able to practice new skills by leading one of several such activities with your kids. And you'll be able to chart your progress by taking a pre and post self evaluation so you can see where you improved. So just to briefly recap, we hope you'll watch the show, access our hands-on activities from the website, incorporate Fetch resources to help wanted game activities and web games into your lessons. You can also order guides by sending your contact information to Fetch News at WGBH.org. Be sure to mention if you're giving us a home or a work address, and if you are a Facebook Facebook user, be sure to fan us. We post announcements there all the time about seasonal activities, new resources, which episode is airing that day, etc. So, um, and I'll be happy to take your questions in a moment. So, um, thanks again for tuning in, and I'm sorry we went over.
0: That's fine. Thank you, Susan. Uh, I want to go ahead and jump past the Q&A just for a minute and do a little wrap-up and then we will come back to the Q&A. I want to tell you about the next two PBS teachers live webinars coming up on February 23rd. Uh, Guest speaker, Dr. Henry Louis Gates, Jr. will talk about his newest addition to the PBS lineup, Faces of America. Faces of America premieres nationally Wednesdays February 10th through March 3rd from 8 to 9 p.m. on most PBS stations. Following Dr. Gates will be our March 16th webinar on women in science where we will be joined by Dr. Mae Jemison. Dr. Jemison was the science mission specialist aboard the Space Shuttle Endeavour in September of 1992 and was the first African American woman to go in space. In addition to her work as an astronaut, Dr. Jemison is experienced as a chemical engineer, scientist, physician, teacher, and dance choreographer. So please join us for those. I'd like to also give a thank you to our partner, Classroom 2.0, for joining us this evening, our sponsor, Illuminate, and want to let you know that these this archive will this webinar will be archived and available in within the next couple of days, both at pbsteachers.org and at classroom20.com. Uh, as you, we will take a few minutes for Q&A before we close out, but as you close out of the Illuminate window this evening, a survey will pop up, and you will have the option to tell us how you felt about the uh, experience this evening, your thoughts on that, and also request a certificate of participation for your participation this evening, and those will be sent out within the next week or so as you, if you request one of those. So now I would like to go back and just take about five minutes for Q&A. If you have additional questions, uh, the presenters, many of them posted their emails during their part of the presentation. And once the archives are posted, you can go back and access their emails or they can post them in the chat windows right now and you can email questions directly. Uh, One question I would like to pose, and I think this will probably go to Susan. But others can chime in as well. Is any Spanish versions of the teacher resources available?
5: Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. And yes, there are Spanish versions of uh, the activities. If they're not in the guides, look for them online. Um, and we usually uh, put a special note next to them. So yes, there are some on the Fetch um, website. And I know Design Squad has them on the website as well.
4: And this is Lisa from Dragonfly TV. We actually have um, some as well. Um, if you-I'm trying to explain this as non-confusingly as possible. So SciGirls actually started as an outreach program of Dragonfly TV. So there are some-it's um, called SciGirls, so you can access them through the Dragonfly TV website. Um, but they're also going to be posted on our new SciGirls site as soon as that launches in a couple weeks. And that would probably be the most um, direct. Way to access them, but there are activities in both English and Spanish.
1: And this is Natalie. All of the Design Squad activities, um, the reproducible handouts that go along with them, are um, available in both English and Spanish. And then one of our guides, the Invent It Build It guide, is fully translated into Spanish in case um, that's of any interest to folks. And all of that's available on the website.
0: Thank you all. Um, If the presenters would take just a minute and post your emails in the chat window. uh, We have several people asking for them or an email for the show where people can write and ask questions. That would be fabulous. Uh, As far as certificates of participation, you all will request those as you fill out the survey that shows up when you close out of this window. I'm trying to see if we have any last minute other questions. As we've said, many of these materials from fetch starting at probably about first or second grade of interest to students all the way up through elementary and Dragonfly TV picks up middle elementary and goes through middle school. Design squad is upper elementary, middle school, and even into high school. And the archive will be available within a couple of days. Rolling through the questions really quickly, I think we are going to go ahead and wrap up. Uh, please go ahead and email the moderators or the presenters this evening if you have direct questions. And of course, you'll be able to access the archive as well. I want to thank everybody for coming this evening and being such great participants. And thank you to our presenters as well. You all did a fabulous job. Very well attended uh, presentation. And you all just did great. We have so many positive comments about the webinar this evening. Oh, I do see one question coming up as people are exiting. Is People want to know if they can link from their website into the PBS Kids website and these different uh, programs we've talked about, absolutely feel free to link over to us from your school website. Steve, could you post the direct URL for the survey in the chat window, please? Are any of the uh, presenters this evening on LinkedIn? Lisa is. And Susan is. And Joanne as well. And Natalie, every one of them.
2: Okay, I'm still getting the survey link. wasn't prepared. Give me one second. Should have it in about thirty seconds, actually.
0: All right, sprung that on you. You should be able to access the fetch fan page on Facebook. Uh, You could go to Facebook.com slash PBSKids and from there you can access most of our program's fan pages. Uh, But Susan, if you have a direct Facebook URL for that too, uh, please go ahead and let us know.